are listening to a sermon from Sojourn Church in Fairfax, Virginia. We hope that this is an encouragement to you no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey. If you're not already, we would encourage you to connect to your local church. If you'd like to find out more about Sojourn in particular, please visit our website at sojournfairfax.com. May God bless you now as you listen to the preaching of his word. Beloved, good day to you. I've missed you, and by this point, you have now listened to two songs. And I don't know about you, but as I've listened to worship music over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've had this image <laughs> of the Lillard kids, like, flossing in the back of the cafeteria as they worship the Lord. This morning is going to look a little different. I'm not going to preach a full sermon. And so if you think of the preacher normally as a tour guide that leads you from the beginning to the end, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be more like a, a coach that just gives you some direction and expects you to run with the ball. And so before we dive in, just a few comments. I long for us to be a church that lingers long by the fire of God's Word so that God's Word illuminates our minds so that God's Word warms our affections for Christ. No one ever goes camping and in the midst of being cold builds a campfire and merely builds it and walks past it. No, what do we do? We linger long by the fire and eventually it warms our hands, it warms our clothing, and then it starts to warm our core. So I pray today, and I pray often for you, that you linger long by the fire of God's word and allow him to illuminate your minds and to warm your affections for Him. The very Him who all of this is written about, from Genesis to Revelation. Who is it about? It is about Christ. And then secondly, students, I want to know what you're learning. Would you take time and if you don't have an email account, have your parents email me? Especially those students who were in the transitions class with me. Do you remember Miss Jane? Oh, she's so wonderful. Miss Jane taught us different ways to engage God's Word and taught us different ways to engage the preaching of God's Word. Well, you'll hear in just a moment that Jesus is on trial. So could you draw me a picture? of what it would look like to have Jesus standing before a judge and calling witnesses that are able to share, that are able to validate who he is? Could you draw that? I don't care really what it looks like. I just want to see how you're engaging the text. You're never too young to enjoy God to enjoy Christ and to enjoy the scriptures. And then thirdly, 
after this devotional, what I'd love for you to do is gather those that you live with or gather with those over Zoom who you're in community with. Who are those one to three people that know you and are seeking to love you and to serve you? Who are those people? Call them over Zoom and and I'm going to leave you with some fun work (laughs) to do at the end of the message. Do it with them. And so this week, you all, we find ourselves back in the Gospel of John. Here we see in John chapter 5, Jesus performs a miracle. Do you remember? A man who was sick for 38 years, Jesus heals. And then the rhetoric, the heat of the Jews' hatred of Jesus gets turned up. You see, up until this point, they just wanted to stop him. But now they wanted to silence him by killing him. Why? Because not only was he healing people on the Sabbath, he was committing blasphemy. He was saying that he was equal with God. And so we began to look at last week how Jesus interacted with those who wanted to kill him. He began to launch into who he is and how he is equal with God. Pay attention to what he says about himself. And then as we find ourselves in the text this week, we are in John verse 30 through 47. Quick outline for that is, Verse 30, 31, set the stage. Jesus is on trial. As he comes, he says, I do not come on my own. I don't know about you, but I could spend hours with the very simple reality that Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. How great would it be if that was our first thought every day? I can do nothing on my own. I can do nothing apart from Christ. So Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. So I know based upon, this is Jesus, based upon Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I love it that our Christ knew the Old Testament. He valued what was written, studied it, not only studied it, but knew it so well that he could articulate it and that it, it guided how he interacted with those who wanted to kill him, those who were judging him, those who were condemning him. And he said, I do, not wish, I do not witness, I do not testify in and of myself, but I have others who will testify that I am the Son of God. And so what I'd like for you to do, beloved, look at the four witnesses that Jesus calls that he calls these witnesses to testify that he is the Son of God. He calls John the Baptist the simple servant of the Lord who said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Check out his testimony in John chapter 1 and 2. And then he goes into 
His second witness is Jesus' works. The marvelous miracles that he does. There are some 30 miracles recorded in the gospel. A miracle is simply, simply and profoundly, God's suspending of natural law to do the supernatural, to display the deity of Christ, the equality that Christ had with God, that Christ did not come in and of himself. He came being God. If you're having trouble believing in miracles, linger long with the 30 miracles that Christ performed. And then third, God's very word. The third witness is God's very word where he broke silence, seeing Jesus being baptized. The Holy Spirit descends, this is my son, God says, in whom I am well pleased. And then the fourth witness, Is beloved the very thing that you hold in your hand? <laughs> or at least you look at your, on your tablet every day. The Word of God. The Word of God that testifies from Genesis to Revelation. Who is it all about? Testifies to Christ. 66 books of the Bible. 39 in the Old 27 in the new. Written in three different languages on three different continents over 1,500 years. With a central message of Christ. Who he is. What he came to do. And so what I'm going to leave you with today is how the Old Testament communicates who Christ is. These are prophecies written some a hundred, some thousands of years before Christ was born. I love it, Ethan Jones. I'm reminded of him right now when he just got excited at the very thought that Moses, who came before Christ, was testifying to who Christ was. And so at the end, I will give you the passages that I would love for you to meditate upon. But then, and I'll close with this, but then pay attention, pay attention to the devastating reality when you deny the deity of Jesus Christ. You will see how did the Jews respond to Christ. We know ultimately that they killed him. But in this text, what do you see? They refused to come to him for love. They refused to come to him for life. And they refused to listen to Scripture. The very Scriptures that testify to Christ. It is all about Him. So in this, as I was in my devotions this morning, why do I, 
Why do I objectively believe in the deity of Christ, yet deny Him so often in my actions? Why do I functionally deny Him when I would foundationally say He is who He says He is and I believe in Him? God began to search my heart. And the times that I struggle the most are when His wants, His will, conflict with my wants and my will. I often deny Jesus because I do not want to deny myself. I enjoy delighting in myself. And this is at the core of what was wrong with these Jewish leaders. They objectively believed in God, but subjectively, they only wanted to do what they wanted to do. And if you look at when Jesus highlights the testimony of John the Baptist, he essentially accuses them and saying, You followed him for a little while, but until he told you to repent, you then denied him. You no longer received his word. And so, beloved, receive Christ today. Receive his word. As you study scripture, the most practical thing I can encourage you to do is to see Christ in every text. Ask yourself the simple question, what does this passage teach me about Christ? And just real quickly, how can you tell when you're not enjoying Christ, not finding Christ in the text, coming to the text for your own self-focus. Here's just a couple that come to my mind as I reflected on it from my own life. Discouragement seems to abound in my life because I, I come to Christ and when I come to His Word, I'll, I only see rules that I need to keep. I don't see a relationship I don't see it as Christ wants to build a relationship with me. I just try to do a bunch of things to please Him. The second thing is, I refuse to find life in Him, and so I just feel drained. I try to be a Christian, doing the work of a Christian, without worshiping my Christ. And so, beloved, I would love for you to gather with those who are in your home, Or, like I said earlier, call your friends over Zoom. And what I would love for you to do is to study the passages, just a few, in the Old Testament that prophesy about Christ and that He came and He fulfilled them. The first one is Genesis 3.15. The second one is Isaiah 7.14. The third one is Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. 
And then the last one. And I pray it is the one that ministers to your soul the deepest. Isaiah 53. And I want you to answer the question, how did Christ fulfill these prophecies? Beloved, enjoy God's Word. Come to God's Word, not just to get stuff for your own soul, but come to the Word daily, moment by moment, to get God, to get Christ. I love you. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from Sojourn Fairfax. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at sojournfairfax.com. Go in peace.